broadcasting from Manhattan in New York City, the island that Hercules once pulled back into place with a chain wrapped around his body. It's Matt and Brett Love Comics. This is Matt. When did he do that? Oh, it was in the 70s, I think in maybe like a Marvel team-up issue. Ooh, okay, I need to find that issue. This yep. is Brett, that who is has an inexplicable Brett. crush on Hercules. That's true. True story. I'll, uh, I'll hunt He's that down for you. big, burly, bisexual god. He is. Matt and Brett Love Comics is the show where we take comics and talk comics with comics. Uh, today's episode is no exception. We are today reading something that's been, I don't want to say a hot button topic, but it's something we've been talking about the last couple of weeks in a lot of different formats. Uh-huh. Um, we are reading Tales Designed to Thrizzle, Volume 1, Issues 1 through 4 of the book published by Fantagraphic Books. Uh, written, illustrated, and pretty much everything by Michael Kupperman. Um, this is a comedy book. And last week we talked a lot about comedy comics, and I want to thank everyone who wrote to us on Facebook, emailed us, tweeted at us to keep the discussion going. We love it, and uh, and it, it's something that's near and dear to both Brett and I's hearts. Uh, agree or disagree? Yeah, that's why it can hurt. So just, you know, be careful, guys. <laughs> I'm just well, kidding, I'm a, just kidding. <laughs> okay, alright, because I, I, I think the discussion's been really solid, and, and we're getting a lot of insight from... From other people but as the well whole as... thing, this is all this is all guerrilla marketing tactics for the comic book that I'm writing, yeah. which is a sitcom. <laughs> this yeah, is a yeah. long game. This is a long... It's a long con. So in like a year or two when this thing actually comes out, uh-huh. I've already planted the seed. You're not going to remember where the seed came from. Ooh. I planted the seed. Ooh, we're talking about talking Hercules about, and talking sex, about, now you're talking about brain seeds. seeds. Talking about brain seeds. Oh, I don't you're even not going to remember where this brain seed came from. Okay. Uh, I'm going to be slowly watering it. Oh, year long. But if you tell then, them that you're doing it, then they're going to be cognizant. Sh- no, oh, right. Sh- subliminal. You're right. You're right. Anyway, uh, buy my comic when it comes out in yeah. years from now. Or if it never comes out, don't bring it up because it's probably a sore subject. That's true. <laughs> uh, speaking of buying comics, we hope you did pick this up and read it before we jumped into today's discussion. Uh, joining us to talk about Tales Designed to Thrizzle, issues one through four, is a very funny uh, gentlemanly scholar and writer, Mr. Damien Chadwick. Hey guys. How's it going, man? It's going great. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's going awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, did, I, didn't, I had not prepared my I, uh, full response for how it was going. Yeah, uh, it's, but it's tough. No it's, pressure. Because uh, it can change it's going. every week. It's winter. I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's been a horrible. really rough winter in New Absolutely York. Absolutely brutal. Um, Last winter, I remember it being a breeze. Easy breeze yeah. and beautiful, fine. I, yeah, because we didn't get much snow last year. I think the only snow we got was on Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> or something. That was like two years ago. But like we, we haven't had a winter this horrible in since like 2010. Yeah, the, cold's, the cold's been really bad. Cold's bad. Cold's yeah, it kind of just gets in there and just affects your whole general yeah. outlook yeah. on life. Everyone everyone of, walks around dressed like Chamber from Generation yeah. X. Or I, my Han Solo coat, my Empire Strikes Back Han Solo coat. <laughs> yeah, every every room when Brett leaves, he just tells <laughs> everyone he'll see him in hell. I'll see you in hell. <laughs> uh, so don't even try to be nice to me because I'm not handling it. I'm nope. not having it. Um, but Damon, you are a comic writer yeah um you uh have the distinction of being one of the longest serving uh, writers at the okay uc upright citizens brigade theater in new york's sketch program. team sketch program yeah. mod night yeah i was like on the first yeah. uh the first house sketch teams uh was that was i badger uh, yeah, I Badger was on one the of the first ones. I was on one called The President, there the was I Badger, there yeah. was one called Gunderson, Choking and Victim. Choking Victim. Right. Yeah. And, uh, this was 2008? 2007, 2008? No, I think it's earlier than that. 
Because um, I I remember I, it I think was it's earlier. Than I that. was there for your first for the president's first show, so it, it had to have been in two thousand seven. I think it was more like oh seven. Yeah, it was yeah. really early. Because um, I remember I someone needed a varsity jacket, and I loaned. Maybe it was your sketch. Someone what? needed a varsity like Letterman jacket, and I brought uh, my Letterman jacket. Yeah, yeah. Might have been to Hal. Be in the first, it might have been Hal. Might have been Hal Phillips because yeah. my first sketch was a video sketch. Okay. Uh, okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, so you've been doing it. For, I mean, that's been doing it for a really long time, and it just recently stopped because I've been doing years. it too long. <laughs> well, yeah, like the lifespan of a up... mod night writer is like three years. Like yeah, yeah. usually, it's like three that you like go. I kind of doubled that. Like yeah. I was on team. Yeah. Um, so how many sketches do you think? Because it's a show a month. Do you know how many sketches you had up? I know exactly how many. Actually, oh. I actually insanely have a spreadsheet. Oh, that, that has doesn't sound crazy. To all me. of no, no, my you're sketches. In the right place. So we're, yeah. we're members it. of the same religion. Has all of the sketches i've ever done at yeah. mod night and how they did and i think it came oh, out wow. to like they... s- well just subjectively well, yeah, yeah. like color coded you can definitely tell you can definitely tell so it's like hit yeah. middle miss. and it's usually no and that isn't there are so many factors that play like mm-hmm. uh, uh how the odd like how the audience is just generally feeling that night yeah oh super um, subjective there's no like yeah what uh, what sketch came before it? Totally, totally. Uh, yeah. Was there a hurricane that day? Yeah, that was there a hurricane? Show up anyhow? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So how many yeah. you had? About seventy. It was like seven. I think I came up with seventy six, something wow. like that, like upwards of eighty. Um, you know, that's counting months where I didn't get one in, or months where I didn't have a show, months where I had two yeah. in, or whatever. <clears throat> Um, uh, did you ever notice any recurring themes in your sketches, like pet things you would keep coming back to? Not uh, maybe not knowingly, but yeah, yeah. I think meth. I think there was there been a couple meth sketches. <laughs> oh, meth. At first, I thought you said meth. meth, and I was like, meth. "Oh, that's interesting." Uh, it's like no meth, more meth, methamphetamine. Meth is the opposite uh, of meth. Yep. Yeah. Um, was there a bath salts month? No, I never did any <laughs> bath salts sketches. Unfortunately, <laughs> we never dipped into that. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I think I would leave it to, like, a trained professional to look for the weird psychological motifs in my sketches. Yeah, Probably yeah. do a lot, find out a lot about me. Uh, so what, 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 uh, what brought you, what brought you to comedy writing? Like, what about it spoke to you and you said, like, I, shit, yeah, this. I, well, I started, I came to UCB to, uh, doing improv. Oh, yeah. Like most people, just took some improv classes, kind you, of out of the blue. You were on a team with Aubrey Plaza. I was on a, yeah, an indie team with, uh, on a, uh, an indie, uh, which team? Team Sherpa. Uh, Sherpa. She was on oh Sherpa. Oh god, that's right, Sherpa. Yeah. yeah, I mean, not for a long time, but yeah, yeah, she was she was one of the original members, and Bobby Moynihan was our original coach, actually. So yeah. Yeah. there was a moment when I'm certain that I was in the room with Bobby and Aubrey, and like no big deal. Bob, and, Craig, and Craig Rowan too. Right? And Craig Rowan, who's also who's like, now writing for At Midnight. Yeah, uh, also yeah. hugely talented, and a bunch of hilarious people. Yeah, yeah. Um, those were amazing practices. Um, but uh you're you're a good team we my team hosted a show with you guys yeah yeah and then also your mod team because you were on gramps yeah so you were on with thundergold yeah. my mod team we yeah. so many uh <laughs> double many bills. A stage double yeah double. totally <laughs> um so years. you came to you came to start doing improv and you did that i mean like, yeah did... i took some improv classes kind of randomly like a f- friend of mine was like hey do you want to try this thing like take an improv and i was like all right, this sounds weird. I'll do Most this. Most people's introductions to yeah. improv sound like other people's introductions to Scientology. <laughs> it was pretty it's a, like a friend brought me in, and it's yeah, the parallels. It was pretty yes. random, and it was something I, I think I wanted to do, but I didn't. I don't think I admitted to myself that yeah. I wanted to do it. So yeah. I kind of like was like, and it felt like kind of weirdly self. I had no background in acting, anything like that. So right. I guess it felt weirdly self indulgent to me <laughs> to get on stage and be like, "Hey, look at what I'm doing. Yeah, look at right. me. It, Pay money to look at me." Yeah, yeah it took yeah. me yeah. A, kind of a while to get over that. Um, I did that for a while, and then they did start, uh, I took some sketch 
writing classes with at the time it was just Delaney was the only yeah. one Michael Delaney who's like kind of the sketch guru of this theater I think that's his yeah. title his sketch title guru? might be sketch yeah. guru I think you're right uh, for real yeah. I guess yeah. literally I think that might it, be it so I took his class a couple times and it was great um, and just started doing it you know kind of here and there and then mod teams happened yeah so we were glad to have you on the show because you have done sketch comedy for a long time yeah yeah quite um, a while now that I look back so uh, now we're, we're, we're dipping your toes into another area um, of uh, comedy in comic book form yeah with this yeah this uh, seems great have you well, what is all of our experience with stuff like this I mean like obviously Matt and I are huge superhero guys we grew up with this stuff mm-hmm. I haven't I uh, as evidenced by things I've written uh, have not really di- dived into this uh, small press independent uh, oh, really? super oh. like straight up comedy book I've not I'm, I, I mean like I've read The Tick I guess it's, sure. the tick is that, but it's also superheroes, but it's yeah. also, like, the tick is a comedy book. Um, I mean, like, what is your, do you have experience in comic books in general, or, like, this more More of the small press stuff, actually. Okay. I used to read, uh, when I, I used to live in Portland, and this friend of mine The ran, capital of comic books. It kind of is yeah. the capital of comic books. This yes. friend of mine uh, opened this amazing small press, and it's still, I don't know what, she, what state it's in right now. I know she had to move, and I think she's, like... Uh, it's called a reading frenzy. Okay. I think it's like a pretty oh, cool. like you know you know about it. No, it's, uh, no, it sounds awesome. I love it's the name amazing. It's like a, uh, it's it's right across <laughs> the street from Powell's, which is oh, like yeah. the biggest, most yeah. awesome bookstore yeah. in, on the earth that I'm aware yeah. of. Uh, and she made it like kind of this amazing like haven for small press stuff. Uh, her name is Chloe Udaly. Um and so like, and a bunch of my friends were kind of into that stuff. So yeah. I would like passively consume like. Uh, Dan Klaus, like, 8-Ball, if you've yeah. ever seen that. Yeah, it's, like, yeah. super weird, yeah. funny, but, like, the weirdest kind of funny. Go back and listen to uh, the episode where we talked about The Death Ray by Dan Klaus. Yeah, oh, with uh, read that. current, current uh, Wolverine artist Ryan Stegman. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Fun episode. Uh, yeah. Also, this oh, there's another thing I read a bunch of. This guy, Jim Woodring. Have you guys ever seen I've, Frank? I've heard, I know the name. It is very, very weird. He it's just also, came out with something new, didn't he? I think he just came out with a new book uh-huh. uh, this past year. Someone was telling me about Frank. It's really surreal. I mean, that word gets thrown around, but it is very... It all takes place in some other world where yeah. they're just animals, like pig men walking around, <laughs> and like uh, people just routinely just get sucked into uh, into vortexes of demons and other worlds. And uh, Yeah, Fran is the new book that he ah. just recently came out with, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I definitely read some of the weirder stuff out there. So when I and I'd seen Michael, did you say Kupperman? Yeah, you Kupperman. Yeah. I'd seen his name around before. I just hadn't like gotten around has, to reading it. Has Kupperman done things? Is this his first? Is this his like claim to fame? Or is this no, Michael Kupperman? So a little bit of background on him. He is he's a writer illustrator who um, has he was in New York. I don't he, know if I don't know if he's still in New York, uh-huh. but. Um, he has some tangential ties to even uh, the UCB community because he is friends with uh, Julie Klausner. Oh, okay. Who, um, who has a podcast called How Was Your Week? She used to do a lot of stuff at UCB, and they have done a few like they had done a few like video sketches together hmm. um, in the uh, in the mid aughts. They did hmm. one that was like a guide to New York Fashion Week. Cool. That was that I thought was really funny. Um, the the most memorable joke in the in the video for me was uh, she was playing a reporter 
and she said that they were at the World Trade, the site of the World Trade Center, the, um, the, did she say it was like 9-11 for fashion? And, or no, it was ground zero ground for zero. fashion. And then they zoom back and she just stands there for a minute and goes, what? What? <laughs> like she doesn't know she said something wrong. Yeah. Uh, That's awesome. So yeah, so he's done some video stuff. He uh, had had some, he published a book through Fanographics called, um, I think it's like, it was a snake and bacon book. Oh, specifically oh, right. about snake and bacon. There's more of that? Because I want more of that. Yeah. yeah this and those characters, and he wound up through that, doing some animation for Robert Smigel's TV Funhouse that oh. aired on Comedy Central. And then several years later, he started Tales Designed to Thrizzle. When I first moved to New York City, about six months after I moved here, I had read a Heidi McDonald blog post about the week that Thrizzle came out that was like, this is one of the funniest men in New York City. You have to read this book. Yeah. And I went to Midtown that afternoon, and they had an autographed copy of the first issue. And I bought it, and I was in tears reading it. I loved it and have been yeah. obsessed since then. He, his most recent work, um, he will sporadically put out new issues of Thrizzle, but his most recent work was uh, the autobiography of Mark Twain, I think 1910 to 2010. That's what it was called. It came out in 2012. Um, he's a, but I think his his sense of humor is incredible. He wound up making a one-off pilot of Snake and Bacon for Adult Swim. Oh, yeah. Um, Kristen Shaw was in it and a few other great people. Snake and Bacon is one of the, I'm going to say, sketches in Tales Designed to Thrizzle. Yeah, yeah. and that's a great way to put it. Um, the Tales Designed to Thrizzle, and I'm really gra- glad that we have you in here, Damien, it feels more the closest to... A sketch show, I think that a comic book could be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because the, there are so many different types of formats that he uses, mm-hmm. like comic book and book storytelling formats that he uses yeah. in this book to yeah. uh, to get his ideas across. Yeah. Which are really exciting, much in the same way that people will do commercial parodies yes. or like a film or a, or a genre style, a lot of stuff yeah. like that. And that all comes through here. Yeah, it's not hard to see how this, I mean, some of these could straight up be storyboards for like kind of awesome sketches, like uh, yeah, like and there's so much here. It's so dense. I mean, it's really just page after page of when they run the gamut from, like you said, like parodies to uh, you know, they're are kind of runners here where things will come back and get weirder each time, like a, yeah. like a one, yeah. uh, like, like the sex blimps or whatever. Like, sex like yeah, there's sex right. There's a whole bit with. Uh, uh, some weird mo- this reminded yeah. me of John Hodgman actually yeah this John Hodgman's oh, like yeah. fake history thing yeah yeah where it was just like this moment in history when you couldn't do all of these you know forbidden things but if you there was this loophole where if you were like <laughs> off the ground yeah by a certain amount you could either be in a hole <laughs> or in oh, a right. Yeah. right it was and a like, sex law and, and, the, and yeah. the, the holes are like dirty underground shitty versions and then the yeah. blimps are where the high class people go to like fuck their <laughs> brains out or whatever yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I realized that his style is it, and I'd known this before but I'd always read them in single issues mm-hmm. and never like in a full sitting like this but his style and the themes really come out as you sit down and consume them closer together and he's a very Dadaist guy and I was thinking about comic books as a storytelling medium and, um, and, and television and theater as a storytelling medium. And I, it, seems like, it seems like more straightforward comedy is harder to do in a comic book 
medium because you see all of the beats on a page, yeah. unless you uh, separate them by page turns. Yeah, uh, and that's, that's why it yeah. seems like, like I was reading this panel view in Comixology, which is perfect. Yes, because there's this in the first issue. Uh, <laughs> there's a there's a sketch called the hottest new boy band Boy Bank. Which is based, which is exactly what it sounds like. Uh, it's a boy band right. who is just super into like banking terminology, yeah. but yeah. then also just like weird shit. Like one of them is an amoeba that lives in a sneeze. One of them is <laughs> uh, Dave is the barnyard's walking department store, um, and then it goes to like it segues into let's not forget their manager who then goes like who's like this weird old timey mustache twirling person, and then at the very end he's painting an egg, which is a callback to a previous sketch. And then all of a sudden, it's ha ha ha, all for me, all for Pegasus, yeah, who is Jesus's like brother or whatever. Uh, um, Jesus is Jesus's pagan half brother. But if you are reading it a page, you see that that uh, that callback is coming up. But I was doing it in panel view, so all of a sudden I swiped, and then there that guy was again, and I laughed. Well, how do yeah. I? So you're saying it telegraphs the joke, like yeah. if there's a joke. But how do like I mean other comics that are concerned that have plot twists and things it's How do all they get it's that? all the page turn like you yeah. want to try and can you want to like the bottom like the last panel on every page is supposed to be like a mini cliffhanger mm. um and your sub writers have to be aware of uh. like the of like if you're physically holding the comic like when you're writing the page is this a page on the left or the right because uh. if it's on the right you want to put your big cliffhanger right there because they can't see you have to turn the page right. yeah uh, right, right. and oh. then you get like a big surprise um, yeah which most of these are like one page gags, so you can't really do that. Yeah. yeah, and not all of them rely on like a giant. I don't know. I, a lot of them are weird <laughs> enough that like you, t you have to digest it for a second to get it anyway. Like oh, this sure. cousin grandpa one where he starts off, he's like, I gotta get my diploma from the attic. And then he's like going on his ladder, and then the ladder goes to the moon. <laughs> and then he's just like, on the moon, he's like, "What? What's going on up who's here? Been, who's damn been squirrels? playing golf up here?" There's not really squirrels? like a punchline that you could like be ruined. You just yeah. like, yeah. yeah, he just ended up on the moon. It's just a weird, fucked up like non sequitur. It's kind of great. Yeah, I do like the Buzz Aldrin mysteries. This month, murder on the moon again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I like that one's any great. one of the seven people could have done. Like that's a sketch. It is. Like, it is. Yeah. So like that. In terms of like sketch writing, that is the first beat of a great sketch. Yeah, I feel, and then you would, or, or like a blackout, or a good too. blackout, like, like too. a like a. Look, also, that's the kind of thing that reminds me of like Robot Chicken or something, yeah. where they're just really good at like you know just yeah. done like. Yeah, there's varying lengths to these, so, and I feel like for the most part, he gets a he has a good grasp on getting in, hitting it, and getting out yeah. without staying too long. Right, which um, is great. Yeah, I love that. I love to. The first three issues are broken up into, quote-unquote, yeah. three sections. Yeah. Yes, There's that. the children's section, the adults' section, and then the old people's section. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, and I love, like, the very first issue with the kids' section, the very first story in the kids' section is Uncle Billy's Drunken Bitter Guide to the Animal Kingdom. I love that one. That's a great... <laughs> like, the raccoon eats garbage, but it washes it in water first. Sounds like a boss I used to have. He'll get what's coming to him. You can bet on that. Son of a bitch caught me stealing paper clips. That is the very first thing in the kids section. I love that. Yeah. That's that was a cla I wrote that down when I was taking notes on this as I was reading. I was like, that's a classic. Like if you if you like had a sketch and that was just up top, you'd be like, oh well, there's the game. Like we just know exactly kind of yeah. where this is going to yeah, go. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And it ends like I like that it it ends with 
Here's the European polecat, pole which gives off a stink when it's annoyed. Better not try that with me, I tell you. I got a real short fuse with things that try to put a stink on me. Hey, this bottle's empty. <laughs> um, and we also, like, uh, maybe this is, this is a good example. Like, last week we talked a little bit about game, which mm -hmm. as uh, comedy writers at UCB, that's like, a, that's a technical term that mm -hmm. is used around here. Yeah. Uh, and so, like... Basically, the idea is, yeah. like, that is, that is sort of the tent pole around which the rest, like... Yeah, it's... The, the funny thing that you're yeah. going to explore in the in the sketch. Yeah, right? this, this is the is idea. Like, We're going to keep exploring yeah, and hitting drunken, it again bitter guide to the animal kingdom is the game of that sketch. And yeah. So yeah. therefore, you get uh, you know raccoon, a European polecat, a warthog, and a zebra. And like, what's funny and unexpected is the reactions. Like the fact that the warthog is like, huh, I like that. Sounds like my the kind of the kind of animal I wouldn't mind sharing some beers with. You're all right, <laughs> warthog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, um, because it's like it's not surprising anymore that he's giving these drunken rundowns of animals. Like we know that that's established. What's surprising is like where his reactions go. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Now, and it's I just like, satisfying. It's just like a drunk, yeah. shitty version of like Mark Trail or something. Yeah. <laughs> and another thing that uh, that uh, talk about a lot in sort of the UCB sketch program is the unusual thing. Yeah. Right. And there's like there's a lot of ads. There's a lot of fake ads in these yeah. books. And I love I love fake ads. One of the first ones that I love. Is the fabulous nut bra? Yeah, yeah. and it's yeah, a woman it's a wearing really a brassiere that's made out of nuts, and it just says, "That's right, it's the fabulous nut bra." And then the descriptive text underneath it says, "Fuck shit, ladies, this is the bra for you." Unequaled comfort and what? What are you doing? You told me to be enthusiastic, and swearing is my way of being enthusiastic. <laughs> what? What's your problem? Get your fucking hands off! He's <laughs> kind of breaking the third wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that he's, one. <laughs> he's falling apart. Wall. Yeah, um, I, I love that. Uh, I really liked this is gonna be us uh, just reading things we liked which is a good yeah. thing I guess <laughs> yeah. uh, Picasso his astonishing life narrated by a hamburger the very first caption is mmm I'm good <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, I like that yeah yeah and then Picasso is aware of it and then the first like panel says what are the hell kind of narration is this huh <laughs> <laughs> you can see any of these being like weird short absurd like animated things um, yeah absolutely not surprised he had a show and the clearly has a lot of amazing ideas. Yeah. Yeah, this almost seems like... Um, it's so dense. It's almost like he's just burning off hundreds of them. Yeah. yeah. It I feels mean, it's like, like, wow, you're really blowing through all your ideas. Yes. Yeah, it feels, it feels very much... I. It feels very much a clear artistic vision of, like, I, I'm not answering to anyone but myself. What I want to do is what I will do. Yeah. And also, not being afraid to fail, because some of this stuff isn't funny, Right. But the thing is, is like it's maybe two panels, or it's maybe half a page, and the funny thing will be on the next page. Yeah. It, it's kind of a, a willingness to just try whatever, um, which I'm wondering, like, I mean, we could move on to this of, like, why does this succeed as a comic book? Does this Would this succeed better in live action? Would this succeed better in cartoon form? Um, because that, that's another, like, point that was brought up over the past week, is, like, the reason there aren't, there aren't sitcom comics is because television can do them better mm. and sitcoms are already owned by television why would you do it in comic book form uh isn't there a it's like, simpsons comic book yes how does that work i've never read it um some of them are good some uh -huh. of the, they're they're more long form they're they're more long form narratives yeah. um not like they're, self contained episodes yeah yeah issues. like a like an eight yeah. page adventure sort of the way that like old okay. uh that old like Walt Disney comics would work yeah. okay but you it's know, not you get like, like a, a yeah they don't do like the sitcom, like a Simpsons would have like an A plot and a B, you know they don't yeah. go through all that yeah. stuff no no it's always focusing on like one plot you follow it through to the end and then they move on to like another 
another story yeah. as like a, as like the secondary like so the it's like story in the comics book. comics could tell a sitcom story structure like comics are a medium you can tell any type of story in them so there's yeah, no yeah. like there's no reason why you couldn't it's just those kind of things you know lend themselves more to live action which is why there's more of them in live action uh, so like is there a reason why like would you want to see this animated do you think it would lose anything in translation to animation I if, I would personally love to see this I think a lot of this yeah. would be amazing because these are I mean they're they're kind of storyboards, aren't comic books? Yeah. Isn't that why there are so many, part of the reason there are so many superhero uh, movies is because it's like, oh, it's already been kind of like yeah. storyboarded out. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, and in the case of like Sin City or 300 or Watchmen and stuff, it's like, that's very much already the storyboards. Ro- yeah. Robert Rodriguez and Frank Miller for Sin City like actually clipped panels out of the book and used yeah. them as yeah. storyboards yeah. as they made it. Um, I think some of them. And I think I think others, and in... As I'm looking at it, it's probably mostly the advertisements that are very specific to... Like, the same way that, like, a movie parody doesn't work as well on the page as it does live action, you know? Like, I love... Tell that to Mad. Well, all right. (laughs) Like, like the very first ad in the entire series is... Like, the first page is an ad for Mickey Rourke... Uh, pubic oh. stencils. Oh, yeah. Right, 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 right. Oh. And it just immediately throws down the gauntlet of, like, this is what this book's gonna be. Like, the yeah. first the first panels are really funny because the first the first panel's a guy looking at a woman at a switchboard and just saying, Betty, 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 hey, Betty, Betty, Betty. Yeah. <laughs> How can I get Betty to notice yeah. me? Hey, kid. He turns around and it's Mickey Rourke and he says, Mickey Rourke, that's right, kid. I've been living behind the file cabinets over yeah. there. <laughs> I also want to say, one of the only modern references in this whole thing. True. Like, the entire, all the issues True. that we read feel very much um, timeless or pulled out of the 1950s. Like, yeah. They're, yeah. like a lot of them are playing with uh, the tropes of the 1950s. Like, there's a lot of men, there aren't that many women in this thing, so it's like a lot of very male-focused um, comedy, which I'm not saying that in a bad way, it's just like that's, it, that's why it feels very classic. It feels right. very, uh, yeah. but also it subverts that and fucks around with it because yeah. it has talking hamburgers. <laughs> but it does use it does use very much. I mean, the comic book conventions like yeah. that, like that ad you mentioned, like that one would be. I mean, there's sort of something to like the way that old any old comic book you pick up has weird fucking ads. In yeah, it. they are of, genuinely weird. A yeah, lot of like other really weird to just show like the sign of the times. I've been reading a lot of 70s ones and a lot of 70s ones are advertising to women uh to women to female readers asking if they want to be bigger just which it's just like do you want them curves like do you want like whereas like now society and like hollywood stuff forces like you need to be thin you need to lose weight you need to be sexy and be thin 70s it's just like do you like boys do you want to be bigger like girls do you want to be bigger and like curvier and more like adult and like all that it's it's just it's just so those ads in the comics are such an interesting portal into like what that time was. Oh, absolutely. And also, who's reading them too? Like, there are those ones. I mean, they've, they've been parodied a lot. Like Chris Ware parodies them all the time yeah. in uh, yeah. um, Acme. In, uh, in Acme, obviously, library yeah. are the ones that are just like, gentlemen, you, you know, yeah. is your life horrible or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like speaking to a certain kind of presumed lonely person yeah. or somebody who has some deficiency <laughs> yeah. uh, of some kind. And that's what a lot of this. A lot of this seems to be like. I love that every time he's talking to someone in an advertisement in these books, he's speaking to a specific malady that like would never exist. Like, yeah. like women, do you want your 
breasts to look lumpier and filled with nuts. Because that's yeah. the way those ads are always pitched. You know, those, yeah. Yeah, those comic book ads are always like, like, you've got a problem. Here's the hair thing. monkeys. <laughs> well, that's like advertising in general. It's let's invent, let's invent a paranoia in your head you and you then tell this. you that yeah. we have the solution for yeah. it. Yeah. Well, right. I even think like a thing like I'm looking at the ads for um, new baby poop and tell. She yeah, proudly announces every love... number two. <laughs> um, and then the thing itself is like a big picture of the baby. Uh, I made a poopy, and then it has like all these testimonials. Um, and it, it very much looks like a 1960s advertisement. If you wanted to translate that, you could translate that into television. But in order to do so, you would have to keep the same game of like baby poop and tell. But then you would have right. to filter it through like. Instead of what are the tropes of print advertisement, what are the tropes of television advertisement? Yeah. Like you would probably have like excited kids rollerblading coming like up and like, those, what? like yeah, yeah. Like one of those SNL yeah. commercial parodies. You can classically see yeah. it. I mean, they've even have they even had one like that? I feel like they've probably had something a little bit similar. There's that doll they had a couple seasons ago. I feel like that gave kids an HPV shot. <laughs> oh yeah, that? yeah. Like that yeah. felt like mm-hmm. in the same world a little bit maybe. Yep. So yes. like you can translate these things to another medium, but you have to you have to like almost rewrite them in a way. Like you have to filter out. Like yeah. instead of having the the testimonials written, you would have actual probably people giving the testimonials, like faces to them. And so mm-hmm. there's a whole other layer of comedy there of like, well, how does the actor look? Like, are they panicked? Are they like trying to say this like hush? Like, don't buy this. It's great. You know, yeah. like right, right, there's right. other options. I like too that. Kupperman's art style is he it changes throughout the entire book. There's yeah, even he, actually a two panel strip um, oh, where in people like are issue mismatched. two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. where a father and a son go to talk yeah. to each other. Yeah, That's yeah. Funny. Incompetent comics. Yeah, uh, yeah. The father said, turns around and he's drawn really cartoony, and the son's rendered a bit more. <laughs> yeah. And the father says, "Huh, what? Father, I must speak with you regarding my inheritance." And, this, and he looks really tall. And then the Dad in the second panel says, Jesus, you really are that tall. I thought it was just clumsy perspective. Yeah. And the kid says, we're drawn in different styles, Father. You'll never understand yeah. me. <laughs> you know, that's definitely something that wouldn't work outside of the comic book convention. Because yeah. it's like, just clearly calling out a bunch yeah. of, you know, specific comic book tropes. And there are there are subtle satires in the book, too. Like, in issue three, there's a, there's a several-page strip called The Mysterious Avenger, which... Like, art style and everything is actually a satire of the first appearance of the Joker. Oh, oh. Um, this is the panel layout for that issue because it's a it's an old guy. Like, the Joker's first appearance, it's an old guy listening to a radio broadcast. Oh. And then over the broadcast, like, the broadcast is interrupted yeah. by the Joker saying that, like, at midnight tonight, yeah. I'm going to murder this wealthy industrialist. Oh. So speaks the Joker. And then... Uh, and then Batman is brought in on it, and there's a lot of these panel layouts that are very similar to yeah. the old uh, uh, Bob Kane. Was it Bob Kane? That's a whole other thing. Uh, <laughs> well, let's solve this right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, but there's a lot of that that's sort of parodied and satirized, satirized yeah. here. Um, and then, of course, he injects his own weirdness into it because the guy is terrified all day. He sits in his chair all day uh, waiting for midnight to come. He's happy because he has a, a gun, but then minutes before midnight, he realizes the gun's made of chocolate. And then when midnight hits, <laughs> right. he's waiting for the mysterious Avenger who said he was going to get his revenge on this guy. And he is so scared, he soils himself. The mysterious Avenger jumps out and says, Ha ha, that's right, I make these evildoers soil themselves, and I will continue to do so each and every week. Yeah. That's uh, awesome. There's, um, so... 
uh, after doing almost like 80 sketches, I feel like you, did you ever develop a voice? Like, McCupperman obviously has like a very specific voice. Great question. Like, is, yeah. like, did you find your voice? Could you write things in this style? Like, how similar? Yeah, well, I mean, this, this particular thing like plays out as a parody, you know what I mean? Because it's, you yeah. know, it's all set in a certain, right. you know, 40s, like, crime, air, you know, yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> radio drama kind of thing. Um, did I find it? God, that's a huge question. Um, probably? I don't know. I mean, I tried to do different stuff all the time, yeah. and I felt like I was always kind of like, um, each idea trying to just do whatever th- is the best for that idea. Yeah. So, Did you ever try to emulate, like, styles? Like, would you be like, I want to write a sketch like that and then see if you could? Or uh, just, like, stretch yourself? Not like, so much. Like... I feel like I was always kind of just... Like I said, just like whatever idea it was, yeah. just trying to get the best version of that. Um, and I'm sure there's a lot of whoever I was working with that would like just get into the yeah, sketches. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, well, let's say this: Were there? Did you find that there was a particular style or genre that you liked to uh, to visit or use as like a storytelling device? Like, did you uh, like movie parodies or like commercials? I didn't do a ton of those. Those are commercials and stuff are kind of hard to play on the stage. I feel like yes. uh, usually yeah. would go with straight up narrative type stuff yeah. mm-hmm. for the most part. Because um, yeah, um, God, I don't know. That is a yeah. That is a good question. Um, yeah. Uh, I usually try to go we- as weird as possible with as much yeah. stuff. I think that would probably be... I think if you asked people, they'd be like, oh, yeah, probably, he's probably going to write something really weird. Yeah. What's like, your, usually. What's your favorite weird thing that you wrote? <laughs> probably a favorite weird thing I wrote. And this... Actually, I can tell you for sure. It's this. It's this sketch that... Uh, <laughs> we're all drunk at McManus one night, as all the best sketches yeah. uh, are born yeah. this way. Yeah. And... Uh, Santangeli comes up this is when Jim Santangeli and Jen Bartels were both on Gramps and yeah. they, Jen comes up to me and she's like we got this great idea and it's just <laughs> the only thing I could understand of their pitch was Jen going Daddy I need a milk bubble Daddy I need a milk <laughs> bubble right now and I'm just like yeah. what the fuck is this and I'm just like I wrote this down and I'm this like alright so then I went to like fucking tackle this and I'm like all right, and so it just ended up being, and they had nothing else really except yeah. this weird. I need a, he's like the dad. Yeah, yeah it'll be great. He, it'll yeah. be great, guys. Yeah. And so, you know, what it ended up being was uh, they're driving, uh, and she's like clutching her belly. And she's like, "Daddy, Daddy, I need a milk bubble. I need a milk bubble, Daddy. My tummy, my tummy hurts." And, and he's like, "All right, all right, calm down." You know, you picture yeah. Jim yeah. doing this. Yeah. And uh, so he starts like, flagging people down out of his car. Has anybody got a milk bubble? My little girl needs a milk bubble. Then we pulled like the classic like thing that you can do with specifically with Jim Santangeli, which is to bring the house lights up and just cut him, just set him loose on the audience. Yes. Uh, And so we just sent him out into the audience to get a milk bubble from someone, but with no explanation (laughs) of what it was. (laughs) And, like, anytime anybody would try to help, we had a few plants. uh, Like, he grabbed Dave Glove Band and, like, shook him upside down like a cartoon, like, like, to get the change out of him. Nobody had one. Finally, uh, I think, I want to say Elaine Carroll comes out and is like, Tony, you need a milk bubble? I got one right here. I'm sorry, I was in the bathroom. She pulls out a microphone, a wireless mic, and hands it to Jen's like, oh, and then she just sings this, like, creepy Christian song. (laughs) And then we just slowly bring the lights down as she's singing this, like, Jesus song. It made no No fucking sense. If any... If I had been teaching then and any student had been like, so what was the game? I'd be like, I don't fucking know. It was, it was insane. I don't, but it yeah. worked. I mean, it, it killed. So it you are kind crazy. of like that. That feels very Kupperman in a way. Yeah. Like, because very almost, 
Well, it's Dadaist in yeah, a way. It's yeah, it's just, uh, just like following the fun of an idea. Yeah. And just like letting and cutting loose in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you want, if you had to, if like Gun to My Head had to break it down and just say it was a character sketch, really, it's just yeah. exploring the weirdness Man, that's of like usually the sure. easiest out. It's yeah. Like, it's a character sketch. It's a character I'm sketch. It's a character sketch. Mentally ill characters, but a character sketch. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I think, like, uh, like you write like this, I think you and Adam Bozarth, past guest Adam Bozarth. Like I now understand both of you so much more. I feel like yeah, uh, in the things that you guys write in this, I don't. I I personally <laughs> myself like Kupperman's uh, internal stream of logic is a thing. I like it, it. It delights me because I can't follow it. Like I'm not like I think my the way that I write comedy doesn't follow this logic. So that's why sure. it so delights me so much. Because uh, I think I'm much more attuned to. Uh, more like order and maybe like yeah. s- actually like traditional like set up joke yep. yeah um, yep, yep, yep. sassy women uh, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. uh, so like not a lot of sassy women in this so I'm like getting a whole different experience people will let yeah. you get audiences will go really weird with you I'd be curious to see what his pro- like what somebody like this because you know if you're like a writer you have a director you've got a writer's room to deal with you know yeah. to help you do stuff do, do the editors, do you guys know much about I'm the process? Do um, editors, like, you send this into your editor, and then he's like, uh, he or she is like, uh, you know, this doesn't seem funny, or I'm not getting this. I or, don't know how that works at Fanographics. Yeah, I have That's to imagine. So, like, they don't on just send larger... in a completely finished thing and be like, publish well, this. I, I know that with, with a lot of small press, and again, like, I'm kind of just, like, speaking uh, blind here, but I feel like uh, they do... Oh, I don't know. I probably yeah. can't really speak to this. Well, I mean, the original I, I editor much... was Eric Reynolds. Okay, so there was someone working with him. Eric Reynolds is the editor here, and I, I think that how it works with smaller press stuff is... It's smaller press, so there's less money. You get a percentage, I think, in lieu of like a, a, an advance, and with that, you get a little more creative Control. freedom. Yeah, yeah. I know that the, at least that's how Image works. You can choose to work with an editor at Image if yeah. you want to. Yeah, Image is basically like a production house... Like, to compare it, I think Image is like Above Average, where they give you, they give you the production capabilities and possibly a budget, uh-huh. um, it, but you don't get like ad revenue from no, yeah. Above Average. Kelly Sue and uh, the great Jim Viscardi's podcast, uh, Let's Talk Comics, the great podcast. Kelly Sue was talking about Kelly Sue DeConnick was talking about the comic Pretty Deadly, and uh, and and like the way that you that that got pr- produced. Um, which was like she did like basically because like she didn't get paid like she like yeah. because like she I, I feel like she did not get paid up front because she has like an artist like as a writer she can write a bajillion comics a month like but whereas like Emma Rios and you know like has to like she's an artist she can pretty much do one book a month so the artist gets paid first I don't know they it, it's not as like Marvel is like you get paid like page rates. So I think image yeah. is like a different thing, and I would imagine like fanographics. I don't know. Like in my head, I I would assume that he just like does this and gives it to them, and yeah. then they print it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but again, like I, I, we should really try and get someone. I'm curious. I mean, from the smaller press on here to actually talk about that. That's really fascinating. Um, Eric Reynolds, by the way, does have a history of actually working with small press guys on funnier books, like Peter ba- uh, Baggy. Is it? I never. Oh yeah, I think I've seen his stuff um, before. Daniel Klaus, Chester Brown, oh, those are his influences, but, um, like, he's, he's worked, he's also a cartoonist. Oh. Um, his name was given to a character who worked for a comic book publisher in an episode of The Simpsons by Dana Gold. Oh. When oh. he worked on the show, so how about that? Um, 
but yeah, he has he's done a lot of great work, um, and it seems like he has worked with uh, Fanagraphics a lot. Okay. Uh, and like people like Johnny Ryan and uh, um, Tony Millionaire, people like that. He seems to be in that that sort of class of like. Yeah. Uh, cartoonist. The feel I get from from reading these issues like just in a row is that it feels very unfiltered to me. Like it doesn't feel like rough, but it feels very much like just almost stream of consciousness. So I'm wondering, like, are you like, do you think that like, does he work in a writer's room? Like, are these the actual like products of a lot of yeah finessing? And, yeah, yeah. Like, I wonder how much finessing goes into. I it. bet you have to bounce things because like anytime you're doing, I, yeah, I feel like anytime you're doing any kind of comedy, you have to kind of check in with somebody yes. at some point and be like, wait, is this funny to anyone but me? Because, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. you know, a lot of times, especially if you're getting into weirder stuff, like, it's possible nobody's going to get it. Oh, yeah. I, like, yeah, when I finish a piece, and I, I have to have someone else read it, because I finish it, and I, I, every time I finish something, I'll go, welp, I'm a fucking crazy person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, like, it, like, I need someone, I need outside perspective to look at something and say, like, here's what worked, here's what didn't work, and it kind of, it brings me down a bit, and I'm like, okay, not yeah. down in a bad way, but like yeah, you constantly totally down. I'm like, okay, I know what I'm doing, <laughs> yeah. and like someone else can actually see something happening here. Yeah, well, I mean, I Brett, I bet you've had this experience too on Mod Night, which is like bringing something in, and you're like, oh yeah, this is good, this is gonna fucking work, and then yeah. it's just the whole writer, all your oh, other yeah. writers are just like, what the fuck was that? I mean, yeah. not that they're gonna be assholes, but like people are just like just blank stares, no laughs sweating you're sweating yep yep yeah <laughs> i had this one that was uh i thought it was so funny it was uh the guy who writes garfield jim uh, davis yeah. jim davis the great jim davis like running for office and it was this whole campaign speech by him about how he's it, it sounds stupid even now that i'm recounting it and yeah. i don't know how i thought it was funny but at the moment when i was writing it i was like oh this is gonna be great yeah yeah just died awesome <laughs> i have one uh liam gallagher substitute teacher which is another like it sometimes i would just try to take two things and mash them together sure. and get like yeah. hopefully try and get instant gain Mm-hmm. But Liam Gallagher, substitute teacher, relies on you a knowing a lot of Oasis specifics. Which yeah. uh, Not at this point, no. Um, well, that's the thing. Like, was anything in uh, Tell's design of Thrizzle like lost, like on on us, like because re- it's not very, it's not very specific referency. Like the Mickey Rourke thing is one of the very few actual references in the whole thing. It's more playing with just generic like tropes and yeah. like, genre things. It doesn't really get that. Specific and there, therefore, I feel like a lot of it really kind of works. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, if something's good, even if it makes a reference that you don't yeah. get, it should still work yes. anyway. Because yeah, yeah, if, yeah. if it's completely and only relying on the reference, if you didn't know who Mickey Rourke was, that yeah. thing would <laughs> still, still be funny. It's like a guy yeah, who was in the filing cabinet yep. and has pubes and Yeah. All you'd have to know is yeah. that he used to be an actor or something, which you kind of get from reading it. Like, it's, yeah, yeah. You can see like um, SNL is guilty of that. A lot, like the oh. one the uh, when I think was it when Anna Hathaway hosted and there was a Homeland sketch. Oh right, if and you it, didn't was know ju- it was it was just nothing but like Homeland specifics with right. yeah. with no like unifying funny thing. And I still haven't seen that show. Yeah, like so, Homeland. I've never yeah. seen oh, an episode yeah. of Homeland. Right, right. So, you, so you, I feel like yeah, you can definitely do if you're going to do something that's specific, that like the game of a sketch cannot rely on that thing. It's kind of like it has like the game of the sketch needs to be a funny thing that you can distill. And almost like remove away the reference, like remove the references, and it's still funny. Ideally, and then lay the references on, and then it's like a nuanced thing that, like, if you've seen it, it's funny because of this. But if you haven't seen it, it's funny because it's still like a baseline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you have to have some type of 
human experience connection there. Yeah. And I think even with his stuff, even when it gets super weird, it's still basically rooted in, in character types. You yeah. know, like character archetypes that you can understand or kind of see. Like, there's an ad for... I feel bad that I keep going back to the ads, but I was raised by a television, so I always <laughs> kind of come back to that stuff. But the the ad for foreplay-o. Oh, yeah. Right? Sleeping at your desk again, Wilkins. You're fired. All because of foreplay. Bob, you should do what I did. Get yourself a foreplay-o 3000. Six to eight weeks later, what a beauty. All these scientifically designed controls will ensure that my wife gets enough of her favorite kinds of foreplay. Bob, I was just... Get her foreplay-o. What the... Yeah, <laughs> loud shrill alarm for foreplay-o will let me know when my wife is ready for actual intercourse. Meanwhile, I'm free to work on my biography of Lyndon Johnson. Which is a specific <laughs> bit is called back later in the issue. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, it's it's ridiculous, but there's still this idea of, like, people... Like, it starts with the basic connect, human connection of, like, I get yeah, tired I, at work, too. Yeah. And this is a fear of mine. Like, what if I fell asleep at my yeah. desk and my boss came in and fired me? Why am I tired? Oh, but and that's where it takes the bizarre turn is because, oh, this guy blames being tired on all of the foreplay that he has to engage in <laughs> yeah. before he has sex with his wife. Uh, well, on the page right after that, the side effects all, uh, Kupperman busts out this incredibly gorgeous style, like this lifelike yeah. style oh, that yeah. is nuts. Um, and then I love the quote of like, I'm tired of my prescription medication not having enough weird side effects. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> which so is funny. Which it just becomes a, f- a list sketch. Yeah, yeah. yeah, which is such a funny specific that I, I love those sketches that are um, because again, like it's out of real life. Like I was, why I, I had the TV on in the background like yesterday, and there was another one of those. I don't know what it was. It was some drug for men, and it's one of those drugs where like if pregnant women touches it, it kills them. Like, yeah, it's one of those like hair loss yeah. ones. I yeah, think like that, and, right? it, mm-hmm. and it, but just it was just like it was about a straight solid minute of side effects. The legitimate commercial for this medicine was was just a minute of side effects. Yeah, um, and then that entertains me. And those are the those are kind of uh, sketches that you see. And this is a take on it that I I don't know. That I haven't really seen before. <laughs> just the side effects. It's yeah, just, it's just about the side that's effects. Idea. Yeah, and that's hard. That's hard to realize because that joke has been made so many, so many times. Yeah. Oh, like, right. Side yeah. effects joke. It's I mean, it's Happy funny fun in its own. And then people, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, One of my favorites in the penis entire... falling off women only. <laughs> women only. <laughs> that's a great joke. I uh, one of my favorite like longer form pieces in this book is Johnny Silhouette. Oh yeah, that's yeah. a funny one. Because again, it's it has a solid game to it. Oh, it's a re- yeah, it's a great. That that's one you could see in it being like a sketch, like being an animated yes. sketch. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz this yeah, this is already like it heightens, it's it's there. It starts off, I mean, I guess since people aren't it's uh it, it's like a noir detective thing like, you know, my name's Johnny Silhouette. I'm a private eye. I saw my friend best friend crumble under a slug, blah blah blah. You know, Dame walks in, saw her yeah. silhouette, and it's uh, and but then the silhouettes get weirder and weirder and weirder, and then it's just like shadow puppets. It's well, it's like suddenly more characters entered: a gorilla with a kitten on his head, a snake charmer lady, and a circus strongman carrying two garden gnomes. Yeah, <laughs> and it's all their outlines, and it's just getting more and more, <laughs> more and more complicated. Uh, then came in a juggler dressed as a tree, a sword swallow riding on an alligator's <laughs> back, and a Carmen Miranda impersonator. It was becoming difficult to organize them into a coherent silhouette. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And by the end, you like he's like Johnny Silhouette panics, flips the light on, and then we see somebody the room. just runs out, and there's just some crap playing for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, it's it's such a simple idea, and like I don't know, it's it's 
executed really well. And again, like a testament to his like sort of ability to ape different specific styles of art. This is all like this is all very basic, simple shapes. Yeah. And right. then we cut to the room, and there's this great detail and like the line work that he uses to to render shadows, like these thick perpendicular lines. Um, and like, I like the detail on the weird Santa Claus or the weird gnome's face right. on the ground <laughs> and the snake. Uh, yeah, it's just, I really enjoy his work. I wish there was more of it. How many issues are there of this? There's eight total since okay. 2005. There's, there's two hardcover color volumes. They originally were, um, they were originally all published in this sort of black and white. Yeah, that's why if you buy the single issues on Comixology, it's black and white. Yeah, that's, they're in oh, color. They're yeah. in color in if you buy. Oh, interesting. So that is what the price hike is. Yeah, it's in color. Yeah, that yeah. Was... So if you buy them on Comixology as individual issues, they come in black and white, and they're only about twelve dollars for all four. Uh, but if you buy volume one, it's twenty dollars, but they're yeah. in color. Yeah. Oh, because the pixels, color pixels, are way more expensive. Way more expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Those things don't grow on trees. Yeah. Um, great. Well, I mean, is there, do you have any uh, parting thoughts about Tales of Sign of Thrizzle? I mean, I think we've we've run through the gamut. We've... A lot of the stuff, I mean, it is rooted in comic. I mean, it is, a lot of the humor comes from playing on the conventions of comic books. It's parodying certain yeah. types of comic yeah. ads and, like, certain types of comic books. Um, but, you know, a lot of it could, I could see it making a jump into being, like, staged or, or or rather a shot but it would i feel like it would almost have to be a parody you know it'd still have to function on a parody level yeah absolutely. absolutely like yeah noir show or like a 30s radio drama or yeah. whatever the yeah that seems to be his his zone yeah uh, i was also super impressed actually with how many different uh sort of types of humor like there were a couple things that were very huh. like uh Jack, there was that thing, um, remembering the 30s. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. And there was one that seemed to me like a total Jack Handy type yeah. thing. Because it was like, back in, you know, back in the day, you could go watch all, you know, for a nickel, you could watch a, a cartoon and a cowboy <laughs> movie and a romance movie. And, <laughs> but then the punk, then at the end, but they projected them all at the same time. Yeah. And it was very yeah, much yeah. a Jack Handy thing. Yeah. Just, a, just yeah. one little absurd twist, yeah. but all like wrapped up in a short kind of... Uh, Sort of a nostalgic kind of thing or something. Yeah. Um, a lot of it, there was John, the, the the blimp stuff made me think of John Hodgman. Yeah. Like all the sort of like fake history yeah. stuff. Yes. That's very thought out and like thoroughly written out. Um, and you know, Robert Smigel wrote that intro, but his uh, the the snake and bacon thing seemed like a real yeah. Smigel thing. Like when you have like a duo, like a superhero duo, that's just like a, a snake. Who just hisses and a piece of bacon. Who just states <laughs> just facts about bacon. Travel yeah. through time. Which I love. I love yeah, that he yeah. said, put me on a salad. Yeah, <laughs> I love me that. Up. I love that. And that's like the first thing in the first issue. Like, second thing. It's great. Pat me with a paper towel to wipe off excess yeah. grease. I love that. <laughs> and that, uh, the sever, there's an ad for, uh, just severing your own, getting your penis just severed because yeah. it's a yeah. source of disease. That seemed like an army man thing to me. If you've yeah. ever seen army man. Oh, like, man. Yeah. George Straight Schreiner. up, like, yeah. just like a, just here's a, 
here's a fucked up idea. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> Which yep. is kind of the army man thing. It's like, oh, here's yeah. A, here's a terrible idea. <laughs> and they, like, army man would just have a bunch of those just as, like, half paragraphs yeah. on a page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just really concentrated. Uh... Yeah, that's, that, I didn't really think of that. I mean, like, yeah, about how there are so many different styles of comedy. Because mm -hmm. it all still feels very much like his own voice, but it's like he knows how to channel his voice. Like, I don't know, like... Yeah. He's like Hawkeye. He knows which arrow to use for which. <laughs> Great way wow. to tie it back in. Uh, situation. Callback. Oh, that's my problem. I like it. That's my life. Um, yeah, but this is really impressive stuff. I would love to read more of this. Yeah, absolutely. I haven't read uh, the Mark Twain book, but revisiting his work here, I, I really want to. Oh yeah. Wish I had enough. Uh, like, I feel like every time we uh, we visit a book on this Just show, I think to myself it? like. Oh, I want to pick up more of this work, and then I think about disposable income and and how we have to read another thing. Until yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it never stops. Someday when I'm a real boy. Awesome, uh, great. Well, yeah. uh, thanks so much cool. for being on yeah, the no, show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, and and breaking it down with us. Yeah, yeah. Now we will never talk about comedy again. That's right. Cool. Uh, so, Dame, uh, give us uh, give us some plugs. Tell us where we can find you on the internet. What are you working on right now? Uh, well, we I actually just recorded a podcast just uh, a few minutes ago. So, if oh. you rewind the beginning of this podcast, you can hear me doing this. Okay, oh, cool. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes. so look that up. <laughs> so, scrub uh, back. Just hit your rewind button and just yep. go back to the beginning of this. Uh, no, I don't have anything super specific to plug right now. You, uh, uh, just follow me on Twitter, I guess, which is uh, yeah. Damian Chadwick and uh, Instagram. Yeah. And um, hot tweets. And yeah, you yeah, do have a really fun tweets. Instagram and Twitter accounts both. Oh, thanks. Because uh, again, too, you have a really funny point of view about stuff, and Instagram's fun for that. Like taking a photo and then just the one. caption is your point of view. And there's one thing, yeah. There was an done. amazing person that was on the, uh, was it on the L train with you last night? The guy that had the mustache? Oh, shit, yeah, it wasn't the L, but yeah, the guy, this guy had this, like, classic, like, New York hipster mustache, which was, like, dead straight, waxed out, like, four yeah. inches in each yeah. direction. Yeah, yeah, uh, like, beyond his face. It was yeah. kind of amazing, actually, and uh, mm -hmm. our friend Siobhan actually... Oh, from uh, the Savage Dragon episode? Yes. Siobhan Thompson? Yeah, she was, she commented on my... Instagram. She's like, I think I know that guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to check out any of Michael Kupperman's work, you can head to the links in the show notes. We will have links to the Comicsology. We'll have the single issues as well as the main volume one. Uh, and why not? We'll throw a link in for volume two, too. So you have the option to read it in color or black and white. Um, yeah, so you can go to mattandbrettlovecomics.com and check that out. Why are there? You might, you might as well check out some um, past issues that we've had we talked about uh deadpool number 11 with comedian michael hartney another funny book yeah uh, one of my favorite funny books um we also talked about justice league international number one through i think seven another comedy comic by james dematisse keith given and kevin mcguire which we talked uh, we talked about that with our friend kirk d'amato and also host of marvel's the watcher lorraine sink those yeah. are some two funny episodes with funny people talking about funny books you can also check out the issue where we spoke with Ryan Stegman about the Death Ray. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Stegman, a funny comic book creator. Yeah, he's a very hilarious. funny guy. Uh, the, the Death Ray, kind of a bummer. <laughs> kind of a bummer. But, I mean, good. Great. Yeah, yeah. But, like, oof. Hits ya. Yeah, it does. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, want you to tell us what you think about any of this or past episodes on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash theylovecomics. We like hearing from y'all. Uh, that's a thing that we like doing. Yeah, you can also hit us up on any of our social media. Um, you can find all of those links on our website, mattandbrettlovecomics.com slash who loves comics. That's us. We do that. 
Uh, while you're thinking about us, while we're on your brains, you might as well go to iTunes and leave a review of the show. Uh, it really helps us out in ways that we don't understand, but we love getting reviews, and iTunes loves us to get reviews. Yeah, basically it's a great way to interact with us, and it's also a great way to tell other people that you like uh, interacting with us. Um, it sounds like a boast when we try to tell people that, so uh, <laughs> help us out. As always, thanks to our producer, Ben Nagib, who uh, is the light... Wait, hold on. Oh, gosh. I never do this part. You always do this part. You do this part. Oh, uh, thanks as always to our producer, Mr. Ben Rahib. You truly are the pegus to our Jesus Christ. There you go. See, I couldn't, I couldn't come up with one of those quick... Off- you are, you're our aviary hat to our apiary hat. I like it. That's another one. Great job. <laughs> yeah, thanks yeah. again to Damien for being on this Yeah, show. thanks, guys. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, until next time... This is Matt. And this is Brad. And we, we love, love comics. Ugh, oh, city's so dirty. It is filthy, you guys. <laughs>